Mad Caps, and welcome back to the Dynasty Wonderland podcast with, of course, me, the Mad Chatter, Ryan MK. But, but, yes, it's true. It's damn true, as the one Kurt Angle would say. He has returned. He's back from the IR, the one and only, my good friend, the March Heron, the salary captain himself, Aaron Stewart, has returned to the Wonderland. What's up, buddy? Oh man, I you know I feel like it's it's more like I'm the Undertaker. I'm back from the dead. Yeah. It's <laughs> there you go. Been a absolute just brutal two weeks. I'm telling you, people, COVID is it's a butt kicker. It, it just takes everything from you. But I t- and also just the fact that I couldn't be in front of the mic. And I was just super depressing for a while. But I'm back. Ryan, you're here. Like yes. we've had such a rough past few weeks. We're talk about it off camera. We're mm. back. We're ready to get back on schedule. Get this train back on the rails. I'm excited, man. And you said a brutal two weeks. I mean, no comparison to probably what you went through, but I'm sure the audience would agree a brutal couple of weeks, considering they were stuck with me. <laughs> and I was, as I mentioned, off pod not getting shows out at the normal clip because of my own goings-ons and so apologies to the listeners for that I had all intentions of being phenomenal while Aaron was sidelined but I was half sidelined myself you could say uh I kept my sanity somehow and Aaron did as well we're here healthy and we're ready to go so I gotta say man Let's just fucking get into it because I'm ready. I'm happy to have you back. And we got another solid primetime game of football. Let's just run through that real quick. And then we'll get into our observations off with their heads, that kind of stuff. But I do got to say real quick, I, 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 I'm kind of impressed with the Colts and how they've been playing recently, man. And Michael Pittman's playing well. Michael Pittman's playing well. Jonathan Taylor continues to be awesome. Now, it'd be great. I mean, if you could just imagine if, if they didn't fuck around with Naheem Hines so much, uh, <laughs> and if they go ahead and trade Marlon Mack, you know, he, he could be even better. But damn, JT's balling. And just, uh, I like what the Colts are doing. And, and as much as, you know, we kind of don't care as far as who might win this division between the Colts and the Titans, it is becoming kind of an inch, intriguing race to me. Um, yeah. Because the Titans are playing well also, as I'm sure we'll get into. But, yes, I'm really impressed with the Colts. I like what they're doing. And on the 49ers side, I just got to – they got to put Trey Lance in there. They got to just – I mean, I think they need to say – because, I I mean, yeah, I just don't know what else to say. The 49ers are just – they're kind of rough right now. Uh, um, you know, um, Debo Samuel continues to do his thing. So you can continue to rely on him. And, you know, my boy that I talked about way back from the preseason, Mr. Elijah Mitchell continues to wreck it a little bit. So I like what's going on there as far as those two players. But other than that, you know, it's just, it's, 
it's not been spectacular for the 49ers. So do, what did you think about the overall game, the two teams, and what you can pull out of them fantasy-wise? Because I, at least for the Colts, there was something with little concern at the beginning of the season, and we're certainly finding fantasy production from them now. Yeah, and number one thing with the Colts is you, you go way back to the preseason, of course, they were dealing with, they were already dealing with all the injuries, especially mm -hmm. Carson Wentz and Quentin Correct. Nelson. And it was a brutal schedule to start the season. And Correct. people, people were saying, Hey, don't be surprised if they start off slow. So now to kind of see him get some momentum a little bit to, to now be three and four and not, not out of it. They're, they're not, I mean, they're, they're just a couple of games behind the Titans. They could still salvage the season here. And they do have the, the nice pieces that you talked about. Jonathan Taylor did seem that they were they're, they're finally starting to utilize him more. They like to see even more of the carries. I'm with you. Like, let's get Marlon back out of there. There's a lot of interest around the league in him. Correct. Yeah. Trade him somewhere else because if he's back, hey, Philadelphia suddenly becomes interesting. You know, we'll talk more about Miles Sanders, but there, there is a Colts connection uh, there in Philadelphia. And the, the other young star player, Michael Pittman, that the only concerning thing is, like, he was phenomenal. Four catches, 105 yards, scored a touchdown. But the problem is he only had four targets. Right. There was Zach Pascoe that, that had six targets. Ashton Doolin had four targets, too. It's like, you've got – you look at this receiving core. They've lost – is Paris Campbell out for the season? I believe it – I don't know if they, like, confirm that yet. You're our infirmary guy. Um, is Pat – or Campbell, is he out for the season? Not as far as I've heard. Not as far as this more – okay. yeah. No, because it would have been later. Gotcha. There was some, not, I guess, fear that okay. he's possibly done for the season again. So it's like, no Campbell. Of course, Hilton missed this game. And, and Hilton, just the injuries have been – just catching up to him the last few seasons. It's like Hilton's right because like, he had a nice return last week. Yeah, yeah, because he was Houston, of course. Right. <laughs> he always That's goes true. off on Houston. That's true. But, but like with Michael Pittman, you sit there and you look at this guy. That's what, six four, two hundred twenty five pounds. And he kind of looks like Mike Evans a little bit. And it's like, how is he not more involved? There isn't a threat at tight end they don't really utilize the running backs a whole lot. Like Jonathan Taylor can catch passes as well as, ugh, as well as Naheem Hines. But those, those two guys, they combine for six targets. You know, it's just, it's maddening that Pittman is just clearly the best receiver on this team. And yet the, the target share just does not reflect that. Fortunately, he had the 105 yards, the touchdown he had, over two-thirds of the Excuse receiving yards. That's the crazy thing. And the 49ers, my main takeaway on this, well, I guess there's there's two. One with Elijah Mitchell, like clearly like the guy, you know, to the people that drafted Trey Sermon in the rookie drafts, just sorry. You know, Elijah yeah. Mitchell's just just the better guy. And then it just makes me sad looking at this Brandon Ayuk. One target. Ayuk kills me. Ayuk kills me. I traded for him in the offseason. Hey, yeah. That's a good point. I'm glad you brought Ayuk up. Yeah, he makes me sad because I'm super high on him, but and and I've been conservative, concerned, but I keep going. It's Ayuk, like he can come back, and like Debo's not going to catch everything, 
I'm looking at the box score. Yeah. He's going to catch everything. Right. Uh, so just really shocking. Not so much that like Debo better than IU, but just how, how big of a gap it is. Because at the very least, you would think, okay, Debo could be the alpha, but Ayuk is still going to be heavily involved. There's no Kittle. I just right. You would think that it would be kind of like, uh, you know, a Julio Jones, Roddy White, a little throwback there. You know, from what Kyle Shanahan was used to back in the day with mm. with the Atlanta Falcons, where it's like, yes, Julio's the guy, but Roddy White's still extremely right. productive. Just hasn't been the case. I don't. Maybe Ayuk's just not that. <laughs> Oh man, I can't believe it. That's on air. Me saying maybe Ayuk's just not that good, yeah. and I don't want to believe that. But you look yeah. at the box score, you watch the games. Hard to argue. Yep, I agree. Uh, one more thing on Michael Pittman because you were talking about his targets, and it is interesting going back to Week One. He had four targets, twelve targets, twelve targets, eight, seven. And then the past two weeks, three and then four, like what, what is going on? And so that, that is weird because if, if you're throwing him the ball, he's, you know, for the most part producing with it. So I did. Yeah. It, that's a strange one. Um, super strange. But the, the, Hey, the, the offense over as overall is, is looking better. And kind of, it seems like Carson Wentz is kind of finding his stride and I, Wentz, never someone I've been big on, but I felt like if he was going to kind of rejuvenate his career at all, this was a good place, a good spot to right. do it. And, it, you know, with the injuries and all of that in the beginning of the scene, you just wondered if it would ever happen. And it does seem like he's getting comfortable and confident. So yeah. this is a very interesting offense. And I think it definitely uh, makes with the way the Titans are playing, it, it makes that South race, AFC South race a little bit more intriguing. Right. Absolutely. So good, good win by the Colts too, yes, because yes. each of these losses just really, anytime this team loses, it's going to become how long until they decide to pull the plug on Carson right. Wentz just because of the trade where they could potentially lose first round picks. So it's and nice to lost. see them playing well. Right. Yeah. They're three and four. And right, because they lost a couple they could have had. They could have right. had, and so mm. right, right. So it's this team's still in the hunt. Um, still too early. Still too early. I mean, seven games, and we've got seventeen. So right. we're not even halfway there. There's still a couple of games out, and it'll be interesting when the Colts and Titans play next. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Looking mm-hmm. forward to that. Okay, buddy. Where do you want to go first or next? I should say off with their heads, mad observations. Where are we headed? Uh, let's go with off with their heads. I think you and I always go, let's get the negative okay. out of the way. That's, that's and, a good point. And I have one that goes straight with a 49ers player. Let's <laughs> I was do it. already talking about, but Brandon, I, I just, this is me officially saying off with his head because I have been just, I've been conservative. I've been going, it's okay. I'll turn it around, but this game right here, one target, one catch, six yards. I just, I, I want to say I actually did drop him in some leagues where it's week seven, it was the bipocalypse, and you just go, I need production. <laughs> so off with his head, 
Brandon Ayuk. Yeah, it's hard to disagree, man. It's hard to disagree. I'm going to go with my first off with their heads, the Chiefs offense. And I'm not trying to do anything funny with it because it's a shame. With the, like, I had a hard time watching that Patrick Mahomes hit because he just he gets bent in a wrong way. I don't like that shit. <laughs> like, that's it. I don't like the bending of your body when it's not supposed to, you know. Um, and so apparently he's fine. Apparently he's okay. And they, Andy Reid said, passed the concussion protocol. Um, but it was his decision to keep him out. And I, but man, if you saw him after walking around after that, like it just, he looked fucking out of it. So it's uh that's some scary shit to see, but that aside, what the hell is going on with this offense? I mean, I, like, it does seem like, like, I, I think I heard about this on one of my podcasts where it's, it, it's like some of the more riskier plays are just not going their way this year. And because he's already got too many interceptions. And today he had one, he had it on a couple of lost fumbles Mahomes did. And then just, they've got no running game. I mean, it feels like it's like Kelsey and Tyreek and, and like, it, it just feels like you can make it so easy to kind of defend this team. And you got to wonder where's some innovation. Like, here's one idea: trade for Marlon Mack. That may help a little bit. But other than that, I don't. I like. I they've got to change something. Do something. I feel like, and uh, I don't know if. I mean, because they've got this shit defense. I've been talking about this on other pods here, where we've got this. We like during the offseason, it was like Tennessee's defense is going to be terrible. And they've actually played okay recently. Like it really, it's the Chiefs and then the Seahawks, who at least as of like a week or two ago, they were on pace for like historically bad defenses. And I'm pretty sure, sure at least the Chiefs still are. So like it, 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 it's maybe it's partly the offense trying to do too much when they're trying to. I I don't know, but right now you got to just say off with their head. They're, I mean, it's kind of messy. I mean, sure. Like today, Travis Kelsey, he got you 13 and a half points in PPR. But like it, they just, they don't look right to me. And so that, that makes it kind of scary for fantasy. And, it, and you know, it, I personally have kept saying, well, it's the Chiefs, they'll be fine. But at what point do we go, I don't know if this is fine. Look, you know what I mean? Right. Because, yeah, that defense is a massive problem, and, and I know it's it's defense and it's offense, right? Like they don't really directly affect each other, but maybe they do. Like it's you know because the offense has to go. We have to be so perfect. We have to execute because our defense can't can't do anything, can't do anything at all. So like the pressure of getting the third down conversions and trying to force mm. stuff that maybe they just you know, in years past they haven't needed to because you know and you talk about Patrick Mahomes too the, the scary concussion and it's like if if he has to miss and it's what Chad Henney uh, would come in like yep. Chad Henney was able to kind of keep the team afloat when he filled in for Patrick Mahomes last year but it's because they could actually rely a little bit on their defense to get some stops 
that that won't happen this time around. Like there is so much pressure uh, on this team, and they this is a team that if I, I want to say they're three and four now too, it's been extremely disappointing. And if they want to salvage this season, make the playoffs, and, and they are still the Chiefs, it's still Patrick Mahomes and this this great offense. They've mm. got to make some changes. They have got to be active the trade deadline and not just maybe getting a more knack, but also going, okay, what do we need to get on defense to turn things around? Because what they're putting out there this entire season, just it's, it's unsatisfactory. Yeah. Because I think, I think they could also use another offensive web. Like they have Kelsey and Hill, but it doesn't seem like anybody else. it, It seems like, doesn't seem like there's anybody else really stepping up. Um, Pringle had five for 73 today, but at, like, it, it's just kind of, it, yeah. I mean, if they had endless salary cap, I'd say, Hey, get real busy. Cause you know, maybe Cleveland's willing to part with OBJ, you know, but like you said, they need defense. It just feels like this mm-hmm. team's in trouble. <laughs> Is it, sure. that's what it feels sure. like. And it, again, that makes shit scary for fantasy when you have some of these guys and, yeah, so we'll have to see what happens. Uh, apparently, Patrick Mahomes is fine, but uh, I will keep tabs on him the rest of the week, obviously. And, uh, and you know, Daryl Williams wasn't terrible. Five for 20. I mean, four yards a clip. He just, you know, they didn't run the ball. They had Patrick Mahomes said, six attempts. Other than that, it was seven. Seven other attempts. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they pretty much had to go throwing the ball. But it's just, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know, man. This is not the Chiefs we're used to. Not right, the sorry. Chiefs we're used to at all. Spent way too much time in that. I'm so I'm just so happy to have someone to talk to. <laughs> this is insane. <laughs> all right, hit me up with your next one, bro. Oh, this one is is painful. It's Allen Robinson. Just yeah, yeah. This, and I will talk more about the Bears little later so i won't go into deep deep detail but still just at what point i mean it, it's kind of like brandon Ayuk, uh where you just go you take today's game two catches 16 yards four targets and this isn't just oh a bad alan robinson game it's been a bad alan robinson season and mm-hmm. it's it may not be entirely his fault but still like he he ain't helping me. i mean that's that's less than Correct. four fantasy points in PPR leagues. And, you know, now do you drop them? It, it's tough. Like you, it's, it's hard to say, yeah, I'll drop Allen Robinson, but you sure as heck aren't going, Oh, I've got Allen Robinson lock him into my starting lineup. Right. And that's, that's the frustrating thing. Like that's where you start getting into trouble with your fantasy teams, where you have these players where you go, I can't cut them, but I can't start them because they're not helping me win. Yeah. He's kind of hit that territory and that's unfortunate Mm -hmm. because uh, he's been so good for fantasy for so long. So that's, uh, yeah. Yeah. And in bad situations too, like this isn't like, that's probably been the most shocking thing is we go, you know, usually for players who go, oh, it's a bad situation, like that stinks. But that's been Allen Robinson's like whole career, even going back to college football. I know it's this this narrative has been beaten, but you know, Christian Hackenberg at Penn State throwing him the football. It's just Robinson is 
the reason he's so dang good is because he's seemingly been just quarterback proof. But right. I don't know, just ain't working this year. Are you worried about Justin Fields at all? I know, t- I know it was long. Tampa Bay Bucks today, but I mean, you know. Well, this is a game that he should have been able to do something because I thought so. the secondary is is bad. But like, I'll I'll also go. Picks. Yeah, and, and then two fumbles as well, like right. five turnovers. Like, I uh, there's a league that I was playing still, and I started Justin Fields, and our scoring is similar to Scott Fishbowl, and I'm pretty certain that you and I scored more fantasy points than Justin Fields today. The the turnovers, the the low yardage the incomplete right. passes, it just, it, it adds up. And to, to answer your question, like in the long haul, no. Um, but in the short haul, I, this was one of the things I was concerned with, with Justin Fields. I wasn't super high on Justin Fields compared to most people mm-hmm. because most people went, Oh, he's a dual threat quarterback and everything. But like, you know, you do start to kind of look at the, you look at the numbers, you look at the, the analytics a little bit, and you start going, okay, he slipped in the NFL draft too. Yes, that may be teams just being really stupid. I mean, Carolina right. Panthers could, you know, maybe have drafted a quarterback like Justin Fields. But, you know, you do start to go, all the things kind of point to maybe at collectively as a whole, we were way too high on Justin Fields. Uh, compared yeah. to what he actually is. I mean, it's, it is a possibility there. And, and that was one of my concerns. So when I see this, I go, oh, no, this is worst-case scenario. But it's, these are rookie quarterbacks. They can get better. And I th- think that will happen with Justin Fields. But there's got to be some changes in Chicago. Like it's I think just, a coaching that's change a would help, situation. to be honest, because it, right. it doesn't feel like Nagy's putting him in the best situations to win, uh, you know, to oh, play his I'll best. I'll be talking about Matt Nagy. <laughs> 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 I got some nagging about Nagy. There to you do, go. So. so, yeah, I, I was just curious. I had to bring Justin Fields up because I'm not necessarily worried about him either, but th- this is concerning. I I expected to just see a little bit more out of him thus far, but but I'm also holding on to my reservations for now, or however the hell that saying goes. I might have fucked it all up, but anyway, (laughs) we move on. So my next off with their heads, and I did come up with a potential third if uh, we get there, but I've got the Panthers, and I bring them up in in in, you know in, in football for a terms for the general sense of fucking hey the panthers but pertaining to fantasy man this makes me worry about dj moore who had such a nice start to the season but i gotta say man this today was ugly ugly they got smoked by the giants by the giants sam darnold barely over 100 pj walker took his spot and Again, DJ Moore, six for 73. So, okay, whatever. But it's, yeah, it concerns me. And, uh, you know, this was supposed to be a really good defense. But the Giants smoked them 25. To, and I can't say smoked them because it, it's not like the Giants looked like super fucking impressive or anything. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, hey, you know, 25 to three that like, what the hell? 
Panthers, are you just that bad? Like, do you just implode when Christian McCaffrey's out? Is that, is that what's going on? Because that's what it feels like. <clears throat> this is just, uh, it, it was, it's, it's ugly, man. And it's got to be, yeah, it's another, <laughs> yeah, you look at Justin Fields and maybe he didn't play well today, but holy shit, holy shit. This team has just kind of went off a cliff. So bad. And, you know, it was the difficult thing. Like everyone, you know, we were excited when the Panthers were 3-0 and they were playing great. The defense was was getting at uh, opposing quarterbacks. But, you know, it was them, the Broncos. The Broncos, same exact spot where they start off 3-0, haven't won a game since. And it, it's that's why, like when you're doing power rankings, it's so easy to get excited about these teams that start off fast, 2-0, 3-0. But, you know, you start going, you know what? I need to see more. Hmm. That's how I think both you and I were with Sam Darnold because everyone was all over Sam Darnold. Oh, he got away from Adam Gates. Oh, things are going to be great. This is our example right here of, like, look, sometimes, sometimes bad coaching can affect players. Like, yes, we did see Ryan Tannehill turn things around. But – Tannehill at least flashed a little bit in Miami. Like Sam right. Darnold showed like next to nothing in what three seasons with, with the Jets. And I was like, oh, he had a few good games. I would hope so. He is a professional quarterback in the NFL. Like if you are a professional football player, you you can have good games. You are a pro, but doesn't mean that you're going to be a good pro because what have we seen from Sam Darnold, Sam Darnold since? Like ever since the Cowboys wrecked them, like they just they Sam Darnold hasn't looked good. DJ Moore has been the only thing that's been able to look semi decent. Because this is my, my favorite fun stat with the with Panthers is that was the past two weeks, Robbie Anderson has been targeted twenty times, and he has twenty five total receiving yards these past two weeks. Twenty targets. That's insane. Twenty five yards. And this was the guy they just gave, what was it? It was a good extension. Like it was right. like 13, 14 million dollars a year. And you just go, this is the guy. Like that's an extension. The extension hasn't even kicked in yet. And they there has to be buyer's remorse already before the extension has even kicked in. Oh, is is horrible. Sorry. That's my rant on the Panthers. You're right. Like just done done with yeah. the Panthers. DJ Moore is about the only thing that's like semi-safe. But like how good can a receiver be? We kind of talked about it with Allen Robinson. If the quarterback right. play is trash. Yeah, man. And I, I think I I did. I was on the the, the train that Darnold would be better without Gase. But I also, when they're 3-0, and I'm like, I don't trust them yet. Not at all. Them or the Broncos, because they hadn't played anybody. Now, so I was completely with you there, and we discussed that a plenty. But I, I can't speak for you, but I know I didn't expect, like, at least the Broncos have been somewhat competitive. Like, the Panthers are getting smashed. Like, <laughs> and so I don't think with, with the Panthers, I didn't expect such a drop off, I guess. I expected them like you did 
to not be what they looked appeared to be the first few weeks, but I didn't expect this because it's is is not good. No bueno, not my friend. Okay. Do you have another one? Yeah, but also we we could skip it too if we want to go straight into the the mad five takeaways. I know well, it's no, been a good while. I had one more that I was going to bring a quick one to bring up. So if you want to go with your third one, go ahead, my friend. I'm just going to make it really quick too. This is this is a player that's received plenty of opportunity and never seems to do anything with it. And that's Evan Ingram. Like it's it's always, especially the last few weeks with the Giants, it's been oh, Galladay's out, Sterling Shepard's out. They're they're literally starting Dante Pettis, and it's like oh, but Evan Ingram is there, and this is the perfect time for a player like him to be productive. He's going to get opportunity, and what today's stat line is? I actually have the Giants pulled up here. Targeted eight times, good. Six catches, awesome. Forty-four yards, really? Like for. For what's supposed to be one of the most athletic tight ends, those injuries have clearly just piled up. It just he never seems to really do anything with it. And at the end of the day, you go, cool, 10 fantasy points on eight targets. Like, you know, it, you just feel like deserve more from Ingram, who I don't think has scored a touchdown this season still. Uh, you know, he is the Jacoby Myers of tight ends. Just <laughs> all these targets and nothing and it just doesn't do it i mean i guess like you you could start him you started him today and you got just enough points to fill in for a tight end like you know, Darren waller and you go okay like it wasn't a complete dud but yeah it just disappointment i'm just done with evan ingram right yeah, I kind of been done with them. And it it was National Tight Ends Day and 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 tight ends were catching touchdowns all over the place. Double E couldn't get one. Just couldn't get one. I don't know what to tell you, bro. <laughs> oh, Super man. annoying. It's it, it is like, you know, because in your mind you go, this is a perfect tight end streamer because it just you don't have to be talented at tight end. You don't. You just need opportunity. It gets the opportunity, and it's a guy that's had talent. Ah, just, oh, yeah. I'm just done. Just years, years of this, and it's like, okay, just you get to a point now where you just go, I can't do it. Can't torture myself to do this. Like, I'd rather take a shot on, I, I don't know, CJ Uzma at this point, who did have a big game. Yeah, I I needed shot on a guy like that. In my oldest dynasty league, my IDP league, I actually have a few stud tight ends. Everybody's hurt. I ended up picking Uzamwa up a couple of weeks ago. Had to plug him up, plug him in the lineup. Okay, thank thanks, CJ. Thanks for a good day. I appreciate that. (laughs) I very much appreciate that. But um, okay. My final one real quick is double T to a tongue Viloa because I, I, I really wanted him, man, to just play awesome and shut everybody up because this whole, I'm tired of talking about or hearing about Deshaun Watson and just like, it never goes away. It, yeah. And it's just like, 
we're talking to, it's going on in this football stuff and it's like hey this dude seems kind of like a scumbag like we, we should probably not be like it just i don't know that there's just so much to it that i'm just like i don't know why we're spending so much fucking time on it but then here i am sitting doing it fucking hypocrite chatter jesus but my point is is i really just wanted to it to shut everybody up and we know watson's probably going to get dealt and he'll go through whatever and at some point maybe most likely he'll be playing but i i really wanted to see it doesn't surprise me that Justin Herbert has turned out to be better. Joe Burrow's playing great. So, you know, not every one of them is going to hit. Okay, so Tua wasn't going to hit. Is he going to be at least salvageable, startable? I mean, that's really in question right now. The past couple of weeks, he's thrown some absolutely fucking awful interceptions. Mm-hmm. And it, so I'm just, it, you know, you'll see flashes, but then it, it just bad. Bad, bad, bad. So I, I don't know. It, it just seems like one of those guys, man. It's just uh, not going to be able to put it together consistently. But, but I don't know. It's, it's you know, barely a, really between his injuries and all that, because that's another thing, the injuries. But, but because of that, you know, he's not – he's barely over a season into his actual NFL career total game-wise. So I, I don't know. I just uh, – I kind of feel for him. I was rooting for him. And I really wanted him to shut people up in Miami over all this Deshaun Watson bullshit. And that didn't, it, you know, that's not going to go away now either. Um, so, yeah, because I think a lot of people expected something from the Dolphins this year. And they is not good, my friend. Yeah. And that's been the, the most annoying aspect about all this is that you also have to think that maybe with Tua, it's like, are some of the, the bad interceptions just coming from the fact that there's always Deshaun Watson trade rumors and his team never, never, never takes a stand and go, two is our guy, like to, to shut it down. There, there's just nothing. Like it's super disappointing on our coaching staff because, you know, there, there's been flashes and you take like today's game where he threw four touchdowns. Yes. Right. Like two right. interceptions. It's like that, that, puts a damper on it but you know you you do go this is a second year quarterback as you mentioned who is only played like 16 games he really hasn't played much in his nfl career and is able to have a four touchdown game and it's like normally you would be excited about that for your young second year what's supposed to be your franchise quarterback but the fact that the team just never seemed to have to his back it's like that's got to play a part in some of this where you go like maybe if they ever supported him it's like you, yeah. you know you push through some of that you don't make mistakes when you're a young quarterback you just you are uh, but you know you just feel like Tua is just trying to force so much because there's all these constant rumors super disappointing if he does end up getting traded I just hope that he goes to a situation that's better kind of like what Sam Darnold's situation in Carolina was maybe still is mm-hmm. like, you know, it was, it seemed to be better than the New York Jets. That's just what I'm hoping for is eventually if it is a Deshaun Watson trade, at least get to us somewhere where there's a team that actually believes in the young quarterback. It could just make a big difference. Well, it sounds like Houston doesn't want him. So <laughs> if they were talking about it, it might have to be a third team that comes in 
that might be interested in Tua. And then, uh, but I also heard or read that that was a fake report. So who, who the hell knows? But nobody um, knows. But yeah, I'm all for giving a guy a new chance in a new area. I'm just, I think we're getting to a point where if he is doing these certain things because mentally he's like, I just expect like, if you're one of those guys, you come out with all this shit going on and shut everybody up. And I understand that's one of the would be, that's one of my defenses of Tua. Like he hasn't played in that many games, you know, it's his second season, but like, total game wise he's beginning his second season so it, it is it is kind of tough and it, the environment yeah 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 that would be interesting that would be interesting for sure all right so we got off with their heads out the way let's get into mad observations my friend aaron go with yours first it was a weird slate um you know, didn't have a lot of big games on there. Some games turned out being kind of fun, uh, others surprising. And uh, so it turned out to be an okay day after all. And what did you end up with as your first observation of this well, week seven? We're going to nag about Matt Nagy. Like, just the, the problem is people will go, cool, your, your quarterback, Joseph Fields, had five turnovers. Yes, that is horrible. That's on the quarterback, but also, the fact is, Matt Nagy came from Chicago as an offensive coach. And we have seen some of the worst NFL historic performances on offense with this Bears team this season. And it's just like, at what point do you start going, maybe it's the head coach who's supposed to specialize in offense, but can't right. seem to do anything. It's not that this Bears team is devoid of talent at all. Like, Justin Fields is, is supposed to be a special quarterback. And I still believe that, that he can be. It's just we are starting to enter that territory of like a year from now, do we start having the same conversation with Justin Fields that we're having with Tua Tunga Baloa? Right. And, right. and like the, and the talent there too, like they found a gem at running back Khalil Herbert. Like he actually Correct. had yes. a good game mm-hmm. despite like he had the weirdest game. Like, how in the world does he get over 100 yards rushing when his team scores three points? The single positive of, of the, the game for the Bears. And it's like you've got some second-year players, Cole Komet, Darnell Mooney, that are capable of making plays. Allen Robinson is a proven alpha in this league. It's a, you have all of these offensive weapons. Like, dare I say, like when you look at the Chiefs, they have Kelsey and Tyree Kill, and then you talked about a whole bunch of nothing after them. It's like you look at the Bears' weapons, and it's like that maybe it's not quite the Chiefs' level, but they have a little bit more depth. And it's like mm. this: this is what three points in this game. When was it they had that really just pitiful performance? That that was pretty recent. Right? That was like two or three right. weeks ago. Yeah, but like it. That was an NFL like history thing. And you look at the box score in this game, third downs convert two of 11. There was the shocking thing was it was 38 to three. And it just felt like such a lopsided game. (laughs) But really, when you look at the team, the team stats of the box score, there is less than a hundred yards difference of offense between the bears and Mm -hmm. the Buccaneers. 
the time of possession, there was a two-minute difference between the Buccaneers and, and the Bears. And you just go, how do you do so little? Like there, there was, I think the, the Buccaneers had about five more offensive plays than, than the Bears. And you just go, this is all you can do. Like this is, if you're ownership, you just have to go, this isn't working. And where are they going? They're, they're three games behind the Packers for their division, uh, for their division title. It's, you're not a playoff team. Like most people go, we don't want to fire a coach in the middle of the season. Why not? You need a wake up call. Like this, this bears offense is pitiful. Matt Nagy has to be held responsible for it. Sorry. This is why we call it. This is why I'm calling this nagging about Nagy here. (laughs) Just go ahead. Like he, he's going to get fired in the off season. Just go ahead and, and rip off that Band-Aid right now. Let's get rid of them. Let's see if your team can do something, right. anything, anything this season. Like, you, that may be what you need. Look, the Raiders, well, a little special situation there, but they moved on from their head coach. They go 2-0, and and they, they show that they can, they can take that wake-up call from a coaching change. Let's get Matt Nagy out of here. It's just ruining everything. Ugh. Right. <laughs> okay. So, uh, all I'm going to say to that is, because I agree, let's get rid of Nagy. But uh, the Bears did have a few turnovers. So, and, you know, some of those set up the Bucks in pretty good territory. So, I think that's why there's, it doesn't look like, you know, Brady has four touchdown passes, but he's only got slightly over 200 yards. Um, field position, I think, played a big hand in that. But you, I got to mention, I, I pushed big on OJ Howard this week in the infirmary and he had a, one catch for nine yards. And I think that's because Mike Evans had six for 76 and three touchdowns. That was a large part of it. I, but I figured no Antonio Brown, no Gronk. OJ Howard made some noise last week. I know Arians was talking about him in the offseason. So I'm like, let's go. Second week of it. Nope. Nope. Was not to be my friend was not to be but bucks man talk about uh, producers of fantasy points this team has it <laughs> godwin evans thank you very much leonard fordnette I, I mean just yeah gotta love the bucks offense right now uh, so that's all i wanted to add but i'll go in with my first one and that's who they they are the Bengals. And I love watching this team. And as much as I love rooting for the Ravens and I love my Lamar Jackson, big fan, one of my favorite players to watch. But holy shit, I'm enjoying what the Bengals are doing this season. Uh, Playing pretty well on defense, offense. I wanted to see um, Joe Burrow spread the ball around a little bit more and he's getting CJ Uzumwa involved. I mean, T Higgins himself did have 15 targets, so he was getting the targets. Um, they were trying to get him involved. He went seven for uh, 62, but then, I mean, is anybody going to stop these two fuckers burrow and chase over 200 yards to a one to be exact. And a touchdown just the, like, Holy shit balls. Like, uh, they have quite the connection. Um, you know, I, I think it's pretty obvious they did a good job drafting Jamar Chase. 
because this is working out beautifully. And uh, so their team is playing um, damn well right now. You got to enjoy what they're doing. And uh, so they're, they're on top of the AFC North. This is crazy. This is crazy. So I think this is a uh, gotta be surprised. I, I think a lot of people would have pegged the Bengals to be better, but man, this is nuts. I don't think anybody would have predicted something like this or not many. And um, so you got to love what Joe Burrows do over 400 yards and three touchdowns. Just, I mean, another team that's, you know, gives you fantasy production. I mean, there you go. That, and also it's like, man, you look back, they have the green Bay game that if their, if their kicker could have made a kick, they beat right. Green Bay. They're sitting at six and one. Uh, yes, and, and it's and it's a nice story because they were they were slept on. And honestly, you go back and you look at the off season. They did make additions that made their team better. So right. it, it is such a good story. And, and the the one thing I want to add to this is that they have now beaten the Ravens and the Steelers on the road. Like mm. that's 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 huge. They still got to play those teams, of course, one more time each, but At they've home. already played the road games yeah. and they're five and two. They are on top of the AFC North division. Just, crazy. you know what? Like, well yeah. done Bengals where teams like the Panthers and the Broncos have just fallen apart. The Bengals have shown, no, they're, they're legit. They're legit. Some incredible legit. wins there. And I agree. You just, you'd love to see it because that's a team that usually gets bullied in the NFL. Good job, Bengals. Hell yeah. All right, go ahead with your next one, my friend. All right, my next one. Let's go with uh, we kind of we kind of well, crapped on the, the Chiefs here. A little bit of puns here, but A.J. Brown, a Chipotle eruption. So <laughs> finally, finally we had an A.J. Brown type game. Nine mm. targets that it was turned into eight catches. 133 yards and a touchdown. I, I was I was kind of shocked. I've been, of course, during my time with COVID, you kind of get out of the loop with like what's going on in the NFL. Like you don't, me. you're not quite paying attention to standings. But right. I go, holy crap! The Titans are five and two now, and yep. it's Henry. Of course, has been just doing a phenomenal job. And this mm. game was, he had a passing touchdown. I had to go back and check that one again. To make sure, yeah. like that, I read that right. But that it's pretty it's, crazy. You, know, you have Henry, who has been just destroying teams, like multiple, multiple three touchdown games. Yeah. And, and now, now finally adding that layer of, like, we hope that this is now AJ Brown, who the slow start. Honestly, when you look, when you look back, and you look at the, the offseason he had, he had surgery on both of his knees. And just dealt with a hamstring, I believe, as well. And so, like, it it definitely took away that layer to uh, to the Titans' offense. So it's nice to see AJ Brown come back and be like, "Cool, this is the alpha." Julio Jones dealing with some hamstrings. It's kind of limiting his production there. But once he gets healthy as well, it's like this Titans team that is five and two, and it just it feels like they have been playing below five hundred, but. I was like, wow, they're three games above 500, and they really haven't been playing their best. They, of course, have that loss to the Jets as well. But it's like, wow. Looks really weird now. Yeah, and this team, it's like they have survived. And now that's back-to-back weeks where they have beaten the Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills, which going into the season, those were the two favorites for the AFC. So just 
we talked about the Bengals getting some quality wins. Props, props to the Titans to do that in back-to-back weeks. And now we hope A.J. Brown. I'm hoping this eruption here just kind of continues. And it's like, wow, now the Titans actually have a passing offense too. Yeah, I don't have much to add because I talked about the Chiefs earlier. You talked about the Titans. So I'm just going to go ahead and move on to my next one. And that would be the for real Raiders because, man, they are also five and two, Mr. Aaron. And, uh, you know, you look in that division, of course, you got the Chargers right there. Broncos have fallen back to earth. The Chiefs, major trouble. And uh, you got the Raiders right there at the top too, man. And and Derek Carr is playing good this year, playing well. Um, Josh Jacobs went out. Kenyon Drake actually had a solid game. It looked good in his return – or, you know, in his stead. And I had pegged this game as a bit more of a Brian Edwards game if Darren Waller was to miss – but I did in the infirmary, this is where I'm going to make up for OJ Howard. I did mention a one Foster Moreau and uh, a bam, six for 60 and a touchdown. So it's nice to see because he's a guy in, in a couple of dining, dynasty leagues that I've had stashed for a while now, just because yeah. I just can't let him go because I love his player profile. And I just, I'm just like, I feel like he's going to get there at some point. And uh, he had a solid day today. So that was good to see. <clears throat> good to see. And I just feel like, it, you know, they had all the shit going with Gruden and, and they're still balling. They're still winning games. And it, it just there's something about this team where it's like I've, I've been waiting for them to kind of fall back to earth, too. And they continue to play well. So, um, you know, I'm interested to see where it's going. Um, I do do really want to see Brian Edwards get more involved. It'd be really nice. But on the other hand, you look at this and this is just kind of like I've talked about the Browns where Baker Mayfield was just like spreading it around like nobody was really getting all that many tar- like Njoku had a big game. But there was like, you know, that kind of seems to be almost with this, too, because you look one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine players targeted in the passing game, um, all of them. But two, seven of the nine have at least three targets. So, I mean. That's that's really spreading the ball around. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it football wise, it I'm I'm intrigued by what they're gonna do because I've been waiting them to fall off a cliff themselves and they have not. But fantasy wise, I think you're just best relying on uh you, you know, whatever healthy running back there is, but mostly Darren Waller when he's healthy. And uh, you know, again, cars playing well, but I, I think fantasy wise, yeah, it's it's tough to roll with the pass catcher just, you know, cause you don't know when they could have a game because of this, of the spreading around of the ball. So, you know, we'll see. Um, but uh, that's, uh, that's what I got on the Raiders. I do feel like, man, they're, they're going to be here to stay. They might not make the playoffs, but I think uh, they're going to be a pain in the ass for whoever plays them. Yeah. And, and I will say, I, I always like it when teams prove me wrong, right? Like it's, it's a nice dose of humility for me. I've been very anti-Raiders. I've been 
like we yeah. talked about, I do tend to be pretty conservative with my takes. Like I wait on the Sam Donald, wait on the Brandon Ayuk. I I'm with you. I waited on the Raiders, but you do just sometimes have to go. They're five and two. And they've had some some good wins, mm-hmm. and you know what? Like teams, there are teams that disappoint. And we've talked a lot about those teams: so Chiefs, Broncos, Panthers, etc. That also means there has to be some teams that exceed expectations. And the Raiders have clearly been one of those teams. Good job for them. Like I hope that they continue continue the success. Uh, would be a nice story about making the playoffs after. You know, having to go through the whole John Gruden just BS right. stuff. So, I agree. You know, the, the words of, of Al Davis, just win, baby. And that's win, that's baby. what the Raiders are doing a great job of this season. For sure. For sure. All right, buddy. Next one. All righty. There's one particular game, because I was looking at your notes, and then we haven't even talked about either one of these teams, but the Green Bay-Washington game, Mm-hmm. You do have to kind of give some shout out there on a couple okay. of observations. First one is just on the Washington side, Taylor Heineke, 95 rushing yards. Yeah. <laughs> 95 rushing yards. Holy moly. Yeah, that long with 38. I was watching that. They, he booked it. <laughs> I, I, I love it. Like Heineke, probably not a long-term starting quarterback but you know what just go out there make some plays happen there's usually a lot of bad but it's as a person that i'm a person that's rooted for gardner Minshew, and it's not always pretty i'm like hey you know what like stranger things have happened heineke take advantage of this but then the other thing too like the major thing because it's been a few weeks obviously because i've been way under the weather I haven't done a wide receiver quarterback matchup article. And, you know, the thing was, I still have my notes. I still have my notes on, like, okay, what what are some players to target? And I actually did start this guy in a league that I was super desperate because it's the bi-apocalypse. But mm-hmm. Alan Lazard, five catches on six targets for 60 yards and a touchdown. We take a Robert Tanyan, who's basically a wide receiver playing tight end. Four catches on five targets, 63 yards at a touchdown. I mentioned those guys because Washington's secondary continues to make these guys that are like fringe, super fringe fantasy relevant players mm-hmm. to they they make them like very startable options because when I was dealing with COVID and it was the Saints game, and I was like, you know what? I kind of like Marquez Callaway. And I and I like kick myself because I'm like, I wish I could have been healthy enough to like write this, but that's been my, that's been my cheat code. Like it's, there's been just some certain teams there where it's like avoid the Buffalo Bills secondary. If the, uh, if the quarterback is just not good. And then the, on the other side, it's like, Oh, someone's playing Washington. Yeah. Those receivers, especially if like they're under owned guys, they're perfect guys to write about because they make you look so smart when I'm trying to predict top 30 wide receiver performances and Alan Lazard he was there right there in my notes where I was like oh man that feels disgusting but that's just how bad Washington's secondary is it's funny I picked him up and played him in the Scott Fishbowl because I need I needed help (laughs) so there you go 
yeah, I will say about Heineke, man, it, in super flex leagues, he, he's been a boon this year. And so, and, and you know, we, we talked about him on the Wonderland pod during the off season. So that was someone I, cause I had, but, you know, watched him in Minnesota. And uh, so I knew there was a little something to him, but uh, yeah, he's been impressive with the rushing. Okay. Um, Absolutely. I'm going to go to Kyle fucking Pitts because uh, I love seeing the, like there was some really cool shit he did today. I was, and, and you know, he had a good game. I think it was last week, but today seven for for i well i'm gonna say two i don't know why it says 613 like he didn't get 613 (laughs) yards so i'm not sure what the hell happened there 163 yards yeah i just jumbled that all up in my brain 163 became 613 anyway so he goes for 163 yards dudes balling out and you see what people were so excited about and uh even though i i don't you know i don't have him rostered anywhere because price way too high still in my opinion it does appear that he's going to be fun and a very valuable fantasy asset uh for quite a quite some time to come meanwhile calvin ridley 10 targets actually led in targets, but only four catches for 26 yards. Did get a touchdown, but it's been uh, not quite the year that Calvin Ridley fans had probably been hoping for thus far. But uh, yeah, I just got to mention, loving the Kyle Pitts right now. And uh, yes, I was in the camp of I'm not taking a tight end number one all in a rookie draft. (laughs) I'm not going to, like, I don't view him that highly. I do think uh, yes, he's going to be a very valuable piece and fun to watch. So that's what I got there. Love it. And, and yeah, I've really got nothing more to add on that one. It's been really nice to see Kyle Pitts this, the last really couple of weeks having yeah. some, some big performances there. And, you know, we always go with tight ends. We know, oh, you got to be patient with them because it takes time. And it's crazy to see the types of games he's had as rookie to go, oh man, like in the, the hype of him being like dynasty tight end number one, even before he stepped foot on the, on, on the field, it's like, yeah, I, I, I get it. I get it. Like there's, I can't think of the last time a tight end has been this good, this early. Right. Props, right. props to him. He's, he is a man out there. Yes. Yes, indeed he is. Okay. My friend. My next one, Patriots dominate the Jets again. Some of my takeaways on this one, let's get some of the bad out of here. No Ramondre Stevenson anywhere, which for people that, you know, there was there was some hope because especially lately, Damian Harris has been a little banged up. And it's like, oh, like, okay, Stevenson's kind of flashed a little bit. Just nope, be healthy scratch. And there's such a bad game for that because – Damian Harris had over 100 yards and a couple of touchdowns. J.J. Taylor comes in and scores a couple of touchdowns. Brandon Bolden in the receiving game, I want right. to say it was like seven catches, 69 yards, and a touchdown. It's like all the running backs, all the rest of the running backs have big games, and poor Ramondre Stevenson, just a healthy inactive. Right. Oh, it stinks for him. Um, my, other, my other takeaway on this one is 
Jacoby Myers still. I know it's so crazy. It's so crazy. It's crazy. And it's bolding. you, You feel bad. You feel bad for Myers. But if there is a positive takeaway, Myers is clearly the number one receiving option. Correct. He still had seven targets. At some point, some point, the touchdowns are going to be there. I'd rather follow the targets, the target share and everything. Stick with Jacoby Myers. I know it's super frustrating because he doesn't score. He he just doesn't score touchdowns. But he is clearly the best receiver there. And my, my one, like, team stat on this one is five players, five players had between 40 and 80 receiving yards. It's just Mac Jones and the, and the Patriots offense. It was just throw the ball here to Brandon Bull, throw the ball here to Jacoby Myers. Hey, John Smith, we got a couple of couple of catches here for 52 yards. Awesome. Mm-hmm. It just, I, you have to love it. it. It's frustrating in fantasy because we would prefer there to be one or two guys that we know are going to dominate the targets and the yards and everything. But from a real life NFL standpoint, it's kind of cool to be like, oh, like they won by spreading the ball around. Yeah. And four Jets. Oops. Yeah, man. I was gonna say because that this was really, you know, this was a, cu- they took a, a couple of the rookie quarterbacks matching up, you know, in a game, their teams going against each other. Cause you know, it's not like the quarterbacks actually play against each other, but you know, uh, Mac Jones. Look good over 300 yards, two touchdowns, played well, even ran for 19 yards. And then the Jets, I mean, it's just I I I don't know what they're trying to do at at running back. Um Zach Wilson, I mean, you got a feel for him. He gets hurt, can't play the rest, and then <laughs> backup comes in. Mr. White, Mr. White, and is terrible, I would say. This is just like the, the leading rusher, 11 attempts, 37 yards. That's it. He was also their leading receiver, Michael Carter was. <laughs> eight, eight receptions for 67 yards. Like this kid, Ty Johnson, the next leading, six for 65. Like this team is just, I, and I don't get it because. Gase has got, I actually thought this Robert Solid dude seemed like a good dude. Like, you know, you, you kind of get the vibe off of some guys. Like, like I, I love Mike Tomlin, because, partly because he cracks me up when he does his press conferences just because of how he talks. It's so, like, military is – I can't say that fucking word. Military-like. <laughs> um, and, and, and then he'll say – he just this shit he said defend every little blade of grass like he just he's so great he cracks me up and uh and so i just kind of felt like uh, sala kind of gives me that same vibe and just man i mean they've been bad but they it felt like today was just like obliteration and uh yeah poor jets poor jets but hopefully zach wilson's all right and um you know those two those two dudes should be going up against each other for, for quite a few years to come. So, yeah. all right, I'm going to give my last one. And this is my, the double revenge game between the lions and the Rams. And for a while there, I was like, 
like, of course, I'm rooting for the Rams. I kind of like the Rams this year. I like what they're doing. But even so, for a minute there, Detroit was right there. And I was like, oh, my God, is Jared Goff going to win this for the Lions in, in L.A.? I was just I was there for it if it happened, <laughs> like because that would have been funny as hell to me. But uh, alas, it was not so for Jared Goff and the Detroit Lions. And uh, oh, man. It's uh, Khalif Raymond, the leading receiver, just did. He went over 100 yards, Khalif Raymond. <laughs> but uh, DeAndre Swift still killing it for you, peeps. So keep pl- playing him. He's questionable every goddamn week. But then he goes Not out. Not questionable in my book. Nope, nope. <laughs> right. I just making sure he's actually playing and we're yeah. fine. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um and then, you know, the Rams, they were kicking ass. They eventually got it going. Uh, not much in the run game, but Cooper Cup once again to save the day, 156 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, you know, Rams are doing Rams things. They are rolling. They're, what, 6-1 and one now? They're, or did they – they had a bye, didn't they? Are they 6-1 and one or 9-1? 6-1, and one. yeah, they're 6-1. 6-1, okay. yeah. So yeah, man, I, I dig what the Rams are doing, but I did I did find that interesting with, when it was super close. I was like, that would be absolutely hilarious if the Lions pulled this off. But uh, it, it it's didn't coming. happen. It's coming, Lions fans. That win is coming. I love what Detroit's doing. I yeah, they play it. tough, I mean, man. They play tough. Yeah, and I just love the aggressiveness too. They they had the onside kick in the first quarter and just yeah. It, I know it's like your team hasn't won a game and it's like, how can you be optimistic? There's so much that goes into this. Like Detroit is seemingly in like most, most of these games. It's just a matter of once they figure out how to win, it's going to be fine. They're, they're doing so many good things in Detroit and the, and you know what the Dan Campbell coaching hire initially is a little uh, skeptical about it, but, Trust me, there's there's other teams that hire the Yeah, they're, you, you they got to fight kneecaps. Right yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and you know That's it so and Campbell will get this. He he will, he will. Like the, you could just tell by the way a team plays, especially a game like this. Like this was one of the games where the Rams were something like a what 16 point favorite, like something just massive. And I the vibe I get with Detroit this year. It's like the vibe I got with Cleveland a few years ago when Cleveland was always like a double digit, like underdog. And it's like, no, I'm not going to put money on a team to to absolutely destroy Cleveland because Cleveland would just find these ways to like lose games. It's kind of Detroit. Like they're always, they're in it. This was a perfect game. It was a one possession game for the longest time. And you know, the, the, the final score, what 28, 19, just, it, the game was a lot closer than, than that. So prop, props to Detroit. That win it is coming so soon. I oh, like yeah. what Detroit's doing. For sure. And um, like I said, they, they just play tough. And you know what? Around here, we don't like to give coaches too much credit because so often they do get too much credit. But in this situation, I mean, it, you, you know that – that whole 
oh, we want a culture change, you, you know, that whole kind of thing. He's really kind of, this doesn't feel like the, you know, the Detroit team that at, at least I'm used to seeing is someone yeah. who's watched a lot of NFC North football. Like this is not the Lions I'm used to seeing. It really does feel like this, the attitude of this team has changed and not just with his toughness and his biting the kneecap crazy shit and all that, but like, dude, just last week was crying emotional shit after the game. And it, and you know, it just feels like one of those dudes where, you know, what I kind of expected Robert Sala to be, I'm kind of seeing in Dan Campbell. He sees like just this leader, like dudes are going to follow because, you know, and uh, like people like to point out like, uh, oh, who was I going to bring up? It totally fucking went out of my head. But, <laughs> but yeah, I, I just, Dan Campbell, I'm very impressed because I heard that kneecap shit and I was like, okay, I don't know. I'm not sure this dude's going to be a great coach, but he's probably going to make me laugh. But uh, man, the, this is a completely different Lions team. So it's, it's cool to see. And, uh, you know, DeAndre Swift is a stud. And uh, if they continue to do what they're going to do, whew, whew, it could be a fun offense. And DeAndre Swift will continue to kill it. So yes, Eric, before we get out of here, did you have any other observations you'd like to bring up, my friend? I think... With all of our observations, we have covered most, if not all, of the Sunday games here. Yes, I think I we tag team this. We got it. That's all I've got. Hey, I'm with you. The, the, you know, <clears throat> had a nice, uh, fun-filled discussion. Really took up a decent time to pod this one. But, hey, it's us back together again, which is great. And I say we do real quick before we get out here. We've got the, the Monday night game. What are we thinking about this? The Saints coming off the bye. The Seahawks, they're coming off the bye, right? Yes. The Saints for the Seahawks, you know, more Joe no Smith. For the Seahawks, but the Saints are coming off the bye. Right, right, right. And the Seahawks, more Geno Smith. Um not play too terribly. So let's, 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 yeah, I know it's Geno Smith, but I'm interested to see how the run game goes. Cause it does look like Alex Collins is going to play Rashad Penny's coming back. DJ Dallas has done some shit recently. So uh, it could be a very run heavy game. And uh, you know, I think it's going to be interesting this one. So I don't think it's going to be, I think our streak of primetime games that are at least interesting. I think it continues. Yeah, and, and with this one, too, you have two coaches that have been coaching their teams for a very long time. Sean of course, with the Saints. Pete Carroll with, with the Seahawks. It's a game in Seattle. Seattle is a difficult place to play. This, I'm with you. I think, like, our primetime games here, like, we've – overall this season, we've had a pretty good slate of primetime games. I think that continues with this one. I'm intrigued by it. I know mm -hmm. the Saints have been okay. The Seahawks are disappointing two and four. There is this. I know it seems like I say it every week. This feels like a must win for both teams. You know, for the Saints, trying to stay somewhat close to the Buccaneers. Right. And for the Seahawks, right now they're two and four. And what is it? The 49ers just fell to two and four. Seahawks lose. They're at the bottom of this division that features an undefeated Arizona Cardinals team. Mm -hmm. along with a six and one Rams team 
Like it just feels like, especially with it being a home game for Seattle, such a huge game. So we're going to see, but I will take the Saints. Just I, they have, they have the Saints as a four-point road favorite. I'm actually going to take the Seahawks spread, but I think the Saints are going to end up winning. It's going to be one of those games. It's a one-point, two-point game. You know, the Seahawks defense played a little bit better last week, but when it comes down to it, I I was a little worried about this team before Russell Wilson got hurt. So that that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> but I do, th- I do think tomorrow is going to be a good game. And Seattle has to find try and find a way to beat the Saints because next Sunday night, Seattle at Minnesota. And that could be, that could be a little rough. Um, so yeah, Seattle's got to do something or otherwise, I mean, what's the point of fucking Russ coming back? Like, <laughs> you know, so, all right. Well, that's our jagged little quick Monday night preview and we'll get into reviewing that tomorrow hey we're back we're gonna we're back and we're gonna get back into the normal routine it's great to have my buddy my partner back this is fantastic so i had a blast today man you got any final final thoughts for the people before we get out of here it's just great to be back in front of a mic it just feels so right i'm excited man so we're gonna carry this momentum straight into tomorrow then into into thursday it's gonna be good I love it. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah, buddy. All right. Let's get the hell out of here. Once again, thank you, Madcaps, for joining. And uh, we're back on track. And hey, we're not even halfway through the season yet. We've still got lots of food to go, my friends. Okay. We'll let you go until tomorrow. Stay safe, stay vigilant, stay mad. From the chatter, the captain, the wonderland. Mad, Pops yeah. off for now. And Light us. Dynasty.